forward to that hope that he has for us. And so if you guys would turn with me, go over to Luke chapter 22. Just look at Jesus, what he was doing here with his disciples as he introduced uh, communion to them through Passover meal and just explaining it more to them and what we, they would get to remember and pass on uh, to what we have now. And uh, what a neat thing that he did and uh, a time for Jesus. And you guys know in the Jewish tradition and, and having Passover, what that meant was them coming together to remember what had happened in their freedom from Egypt, right? Where they, they took and they killed the lamb and took its blood and put it over the doorposts. And then the angel of death passed over them. And uh, they were redeemed in a sense. And so every year they would get together with their family members and they would practice this together. They would remember what the Lord had done for them. And uh, there was different things in the meal that represented different things uh, that represented the Messiah to come, represented memories that they had and things that they could glorify God in. And uh, that's what it was for. And so Jesus comes in and it talks about how excited he was to have this with his disciples and uh, being able to reveal even more to them what these things meant and uh, what they can continue in. And not only that, but what Jesus has for us in the future. And uh, we'll read part of this text just to see what he talks to them and what we have as a hope in the future. So verse 14 of Luke 22, it says, When the hour had come, he sat down and the twelve apostles with him. And he said to them, With fervent desire, I have desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I say to you, I will no longer eat of it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and said, Take this and divide it among yourselves. For I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. So he's excited to come together with them and show them, and we'll read in the next verses as we partake in it, of just what this represented now. Uh, what this unleavened bread that they'd eaten since they were a little kid with their family members, what that represented in Jesus Christ, and also in that blood and how that new covenant has to be made through blood, right? And so he explains that to them. He gets to do it, and he, he could not wait to do this with them because this was going to be the Passover acted out. This was going to be the revelation to them. And then from that point on, he says that he's not going to partake of it until he comes back again, right? I can't wait for that. That's when his bride comes together and we all get to be in that place with him. And he's going to, I'm sure, have that fervent desire to eat again with his bride, right? So this is that place now that we're in the middle, and now we get to come together as a congregation and remember what he's done, remember what these things symbolize in our lives, remember that that bread is his body broken for us, and remember that that blood poured out was so that that new covenant of grace could be made, so that we no longer have to face death, but we can have eternal life through Jesus Christ, Right? And what an awesome thing that we get to come together and do that. And so as I invite the, the deacons to come up here and pass it out, I would just encourage you guys, as you guys are going through and, and you're, you're thinking about this and as the song is going to play, that you guys would see, wow, well, this is what God's done in my life. This is the neat things that are going on. Um, this is what I have in him. And so deacons, go ahead and come on up. And this is what I get to look forward to. This is that one of those things that I get to sit down with Jesus later on. And so just as you look at that bread and think, wow, this is his body broken for me. And that, that drink, wow, this is his blood poured out for me. And we just praise him together. And so just think about that as we sing this next song. Just as I am. Come to thee, O Lord. 
After Jesus tells them he's not going to eat this again until the kingdom of God comes, he takes the bread, this this unleavened bread that they've taken all these other times, and he shows them and he puts it before them and says, uh, this is my body. Just imagine that impact. This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's go ahead and take
stand with me? So after they had taken the bread and remembered him in that, then in verse 20 it says, Likewise, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood, which is shed for you. That's awesome, isn't it? We give this new covenant of grace that God has given us because of his son and him pouring out his blood for us. Let's remember that. Go ahead and take. Lord, we love you and we thank you so much for what you've done for us. Just that you are that Passover lamb and uh, how excited you were to sit down with your disciples and to show them that. And just to pass on something that we get to do as a tradition now and remembering you every time we come together, Lord. And I just thank you that we have that privilege. And Lord, you bring us back to that right mind of remembering that you are broken for us and that you have this new covenant of grace that's been given to us through your blood. And we praise you for that, Lord. And uh, just this morning, Lord, as we give you uh, the glory you deserve, Lord, I pray that we'd just be able to bless you. And uh, just as we get to share about the testimony and the awesome things you've done in our lives and you did on this trip, Lord, um, that you would be glorified through all of it, Lord. And we do praise you and thank you so much for today. In your name I pray, amen. Go ahead and greet each other. All right. You guys are definitely more awake than the first service. It's like the greeting time there is like, boom, we're done. <laughs> That's good. So if you guys have your bulletin, go ahead and pull that out. We'll go through some stuff that's on there. First of all, I want to remind you guys that we have a party after church today. Okay? I know. It's going to be a good time. So up at Paul and Cherry's, we're going to be going up there. It's for Sean and Paul. They have their birthdays, right? So we're going to go up there to celebrate it. Do not bring them a gift or card. They don't like that kind of thing. They love having people come up there and spend time with them. So we're going to go up there for some meat that they cooked up yesterday. Awesome stuff. Some of the uh, pork that are, is it pork if it's out there in fields you shoot it? I guess it would be. <laughs> some stuff he brought back from Texas with his hog hunt. Um, he has some great sausage and, and things that they spent a lot of time last night. So guys, if you can, bring a sign dish if you want um, and come join us. We're going to be shooting some skeet up there, so it's going to be an awesome time to come and celebrate uh, the Lord giving them to us for another year, right? I have, oh, and last time I forgot about this. There are maps out there, okay, on the countertop. Make sure you guys grab them because now to get into Paul's property, it's a little bit different. If you guys have been up there before, it's not the scary turnoff of the highway where you feel like somebody's going to rear-end you. 
Okay, we have a different way. You can go into where the bridge, like you're going to the Royal Gorge, and then you turn right on a dirt road there. But it's all drawn out on the map. These are out there on the counter. Make sure you guys grab one. And everybody is welcome to come, all right? If you guys have any more questions, you can get me. Uh, I think Paul's already headed up there, or you can talk to Sean, and uh, we'll get you guys set up in where you're going. Other announcements that we have is the men's breakfast is going to be coming up. Uh, it's the first Saturday of August, so we've got a couple weekends. Uh, make sure you guys come to that. Uh, if you guys know any other guys, uh, invite them to come. It's going to be a nice time of devotion and uh, just the time that we can hang out as guys. It'll be 8, eight in the morning that first Saturday of August. So be sure to join us here at the church. Then the last Sunday of this month, July 28th, we're going to be out at the amphitheater. You guys know the last Sunday of every month we'll be out there together. Service starts at 10, okay? Uh, make sure the people that aren't here, they know that, so they don't have to show up early and then have to go get breakfast, come back, a lot of that. But what we're going to be doing after that is we usually have a potluck, but we're going to take our potluck down to the duck park, right there where that big wave is in the river. We're going to do a baptism that day, too. So a nice day. Hope you guys can join us. It'll be right after church. We'll leave, and uh, we'll get it set up there, and um, hopefully the water's down a little bit lower, or else we're going to have a fun ride. We're really going to—it's going to be a baptism. <laughs> Right? We'll all have to be out there like chain link trying to pull Sean out or something. Be a good time. So make sure you guys join us with that. And it'll be a great time. And then we have a women's prayer and craft for Uganda coming up Thursday at 1230. And at 630, uh, you guys can talk with Vicky about that and uh, see where that's at. And yeah, it'll be a nice time to get together and pray. You guys know that they're going in September to Uganda and they're just preparing for that. So awesome deals, neat things going on. Hope you guys can be a part of it. And this morning, Sean asked if I would share on our Peru trip. As you guys know, we just got back a couple weeks ago. It was awesome. I had a great time. Uh, it was a chore getting there. And you guys are going to hear a little bit more about that. And uh, definitely, uh, we got to see God work. And even though we were very weak when we showed up after the long travels. Um, but it was a good time. We, we ended up, our whole goal for going down there was to serve uh, Darwin and Annie. In their ministry, they have a church plant going on down there. They also have a children's ministry up at another community called uh, Chincheros. And so we were able to go up there, and we basically just wanted to take over their ministries and let them just have a week of nothing. And so the team was awesome. They practiced Spanish, even though they don't know Spanish. Uh, got all the lessons in Spanish. I mean, it was just, I'm so proud of our team. It's definitely one of the most successful mission trips I've ever been on. And I've been on a lot of them. And just these guys, the way that they shined. And so Annie and Darwin even asked if they could send back a video to thank you guys as the church, and uh, it's an awesome video. I really appreciate them uh, sending that back, so we'll go ahead and we'll play that video, and you guys can hear from them how they felt the trip went. Maybe. Gracias por enviarnos a este grupo maravilloso al Perú. Thank you for sending this wonderful group to Peru. Ha sido de mucha bendición poder verlos a ellos servir en nuestro país. It was such a blessing to see them serve in this country. Ha sido de bendición para nosotros como familia. It was a blessing for our family. Ha sido de bendición en la iglesia también. A, a blessing for the church as well. En el ministerio de niños en la comunidad de Chinchero. It was amazing in the, the children's ministry in Chinchero. Y la excelencia, excelente conferencia que se dio. And the excellent conference that was given. Ha sido de bendición para la ciudad de Cusco. It turned into a huge blessing for all of the city of Cusco. Y también fue algo muy lindo eh, eh, dar consejo a los pastores íntimamente. And there was an opportunity to even give um, personal uh, counseling to, to a small group of pastors. Fue algo 
asombrosa de lo que el Señor ha hecho con este grupo pequeño que ha invertido para el reino. And it was amazing to watch this small group um, invest so much in the kingdom. And we were just totally impressed to see the preparation that they did beforehand. Um, learning Spanish songs, learning to be able to teach in Spanish, and just being so prepared. We've never seen a group be so prepared. Um, and it was truly a blessing for us. We could hand over the ministry and allow them just to do it. We didn't even need to help translate or anything. Um, they took full charge and were such a blessing to us and just really gave us a, a breath of fresh air to be able to relax and um, be able to be prepared for what's coming up in this next couple of weeks. So. Thank you so much for loaning them to us, and we're so very, very grateful. Thank you for your prayers, and may God bless your church. God bless you. Bye. See you. It's awesome. So it was good to help them out, um, and we'll share a little bit more. I have some more photos that I'll go through after that, but right now I want to have Cassian and Debbie's. They were on our trip, so they're going to come up. There's only eight of us, and I asked these ladies if they'd come up and share. Uh, how they felt it went and what they saw God work and just the awesome things that they got to see him do while they were there. So Cassian, you're up first. <laughs> All right, so um, this was my very first time on a mission trip and my first time ever going out of the country. So it was a really cool experience to just be able to see um, a different way of life and how like simplistic other countries are compared to America. Um, uh, so yeah, it did take us um, an extra day of traveling getting there. So by the end of it, um, we all smelt pretty bad. And um, I think it was finally when we got to the Miami airport, they gave us like a little hygiene bag and we got like some deodorant. And I don't think I've <laughs> ever been so happy to get deodorant. So um, I don't think I'll ever complain again for getting deodorant in my stocking stuffer. So thank you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> There's a reason why she gives it to Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. But um, I do think that having that extra day of travel and the struggles um, help um, bring our group closer together. And I, it was nice to see, like, God work that way because in the long run it helped us, like, work better as a team throughout the whole trip because we were just, mm -hmm. we had that, like, little extra bonding time. Um, so yeah, it was pretty amazing and there were a lot of things that God did and, um, it was nice to see that even though I've never like been in another country or like had the experience of working with like this many people, he was still able to like find ways to use me and, um, help me be a part of the team. So yeah, it was pretty great. Awesome. And, and just an added side note, um, about Cassie Ann and Ava, really. They both were just so willing to do whatever was asked of them. And, you know, it's okay never having served anywhere outside of, you know, their own little hometown. But just answering the call to go was amazing. And um, God did some great things in, um, you know, breaking down our trip to where by the time we got there, um, we were stripped of self. And we were relying completely on his strength and energy. And it's an amazing thing to experience. I know so many times we're afraid of that. And so we'd rather stay home, stay put in our comfort zone. Um, but m many of you know God um, has called me out to serve. I go internationally quite a bit, usually to Africa. And so going to Peru was way out of my comfort zone. Um, and I know that sounds strange, but 
um, one of the biggest challenges was learning these songs to lead for the Sunday service in Spanish because I don't speak Spanish. And um, that was way out of my comfort zone. And the same things happen in Africa, but it just feels different. So um, there's a scripture that the Lord has brought into my life many times, and he brought it forward again uh, when we returned from this trip. And it's Ephesians 6, 21 through 22. And this is Paul speaking, and he's in prison. And he says, but that you also may know about my circumstances, how I am doing, Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will make everything known to you. And I have sent him to you for this very purpose, so that you may know about us and that he may comfort your hearts. And to me, that is amazing because God sends people to encourage us and to comfort us. And I think every one of us can attest to having someone that comes into their life and speaks into their life. There are times that God calls us to go and do that for someone else. And it's not always, you know, in a different country. But he calls us. And it's amazing when we're called and we're obedient. And even in the weaknesses that we have, um, God is so faithful, so faithful in all things. And this trip was phenomenal. And I'm not saying that because it was easy, because it was not easy. And Curtis is going to share that. Um, it was not an easy trip, and we weren't without failing whatever. Um, but God showed up, and God did what God does. And for that, he gets complete honor and glory this morning. So thank Amen. you. All right. Thanks, ladies. So I'm going to go ahead and show you guys some pictures, but real quick, I just want to kind of go through them because I'm not going to talk through them. Um, but it's, it's chronologically, that's how our, our trip went. You've heard a lot of how hard it was to get there. Uh, we, yeah, I, I counted from when we woke up Thursday morning until we finally got to sleep Saturday night. It was about 60 hours of not sleeping. Uh, we had an hour here, maybe at the airport, but you know how that goes, like pull two seats together and try to sleep planking. doesn't work very well. Um, we looked for opportunities to do that, but it was just, I mean, from the get-go, we, we missed our flights, and our, our flight in Denver was way late. They were taken off from the gate in uh, Dallas. We watched the tail of the plane. We had people that were telling them to wait for us. Uh, uh, Sophia was in there, Cindy's daughter. Uh, Sophia Nordell had already made it to the flight because she came from L.A., so she's in there, and she's telling them, they're coming, they're coming. We ran all the way across the airport, get there, see you later. And that and it just started the snowball effect of us having lots of fun. So we stood in line and for, I think, three and a half hours. It was like 2.30 in the morning before they gave us our new flights while Jake is on the phone with the airline as he's, we're waiting to talk to him um, to try to get flights. So they were telling us they weren't going to get us in until Sunday, which Saturday was our big day with all the kids up, up in the higher elevation. And then Sunday was when, you know, Debbie and Nava were going to be singing. They'd practice for all this. So a lot of questions going on, like, what is God doing here? We prepared all this stuff, and now all of it's being taken away from us. And uh, they ended up rearranging it. We got there Saturday morning, but even when we got into Lima, Peru, uh, we had still another flight to get to Cusco. And the people in Dallas messed up our flight with Christina, and she got taken off of our list for some reason. And so we had to go buy a ticket for her because they wouldn't do anything there at the counter. 
And that's a whole other thing, that Jake got to go and fight with that. So there's a funny picture in there. If you guys look, Jake's on the phone, and there's like these, it's a television behind him. There's people wrestling, and it was just, it was very symbolic of him wrestling with the, the airline because he was our champion for that. He kept getting on there and trying to get things to work. But, wow, it was crazy getting there. All of our energy had been taken from us. We were dead. Uh, but God did awesome things. And so that's the first part is just going through that. Then you guys will see uh, uh, this, uh, up in Chincheros, you see this big parachute that's up there. Uh, the, the kids get to go underneath and everything. We took that up there for them. The preschool here raised money, and some other people raised money to be able to give that to them. That was an awesome deal. And after that, we have church service. You'll see Ava and, and Debbie up there singing. And then we go on Monday and Tuesday, went to Machu Picchu, which was, that was awesome. It's a beautiful place. Uh, great time there. And then Wednesday, we ended up building some stuff for the church. In their church, they have, it'd be like us having our kids' ministry right behind those doors right there. So you can imagine, like, telling the kids to be quiet all the time. Like, shh, shh, you know, every time it's teaching in here. That's what it was like for them. They actually had a window that was there. So a single pane of glass that kept the noise out. And so what we ended up doing, uh, Darwin asked if we could go ahead and build some soundboards and kind of block off all that sound. So we did that on Wednesday and Thursday, and then we got ready for the conference, which we had an apologetic conference, how to defend your faith. Uh, the first night we talked about how Jesus is God, and then the next one was New Age, which is a big deal there. And then uh, Friday night we talked about Catholicism. And so just an awesome time. You guys get to see pictures of that. Uh, there's one picture I forgot to mention last service that Debbie's sitting with a bunch of people at the table. That's all their praise and worship team. So she had the opportunity to sit down with them and encourage them. And uh, just one thing after another, guys, when we were there, I mean, it was just like, Darwin was like, hey, we need to go over here. We need to go here. We got to go. And it was just encouragement after encouragement. It felt so awesome. It was like New Testament acts all over, going to go and encourage these other pastors and these people and the leadership in the church and taking care of the kids that were there. I mean, it was like, boom, 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 we're just going, going, going wiped us out, but it was so cool to see God's strength through the whole thing because we, I mean, he, he killed us the first even starting out. And uh, we just had to give it all to him and say, you got a reason for this. We're just long. And you tell us what to do. We're there, Lord. We know you're going to give us the strength. You guys are going to see there's lo- this little thing that's kind of cooked. Um, yeah, it's what they call kui, okay? Kui down there. We eat kui, and you'll see some pictures of that. And kui is a guinea pig. So sorry if you guys have a pet. <laughs> We won't eat it. We just eat it in Peru. Okay. So I think that's, yeah, that's kind of the description of all the things. The very last picture, or the second to last, is all the pastors. This conference touched the city like Darwin had said. Um, There was 30 churches that came, 30 churches that were represented. They took the information, the PowerPoints back with them to go teach their congregations. Big deal. I mean, it was awesome what God ended up doing there and just how we could go and serve those people there and encourage them. So Hope you guys enjoy this, and uh, yeah.
Lots of fun. Yeah. So I forgot to mention, there was a lady at the very first that was in uh, red, and she's bending down, kind of doing some stuff with some bowls. That's Delmi. Uh, Delmi is somebody that they had a contact with. We got to meet her when I first went down there uh, with Rocky Mountain, and I uh, got to talk with her. And, you know, when we first showed up down there, um, what they do is they have different people that will show you how they uh, do their different uh, tablecloths or, or their uh, table runners, I should say. They're not really cloths are their blankets and, and these intricate designs that they do, but they also dye everything naturally. And so they have some crazy processes on how they can change the colors. They use rocks to change the colors. They use their natural, uh, I don't remember all of it. I mean, it, it's unbelievable what they end up doing. Um, and that's the whole presentation that they show you. And usually part of that is when the tourists come in, they have you drink one of their traditional drinks, and then they kind of give an offering to Pachimama, which Pachimama there is Mother Earth. Uh, New Age is very heavy there. Uh, it's still part of the Incan uh, religion is kind of what they go off of. And when we first got there, it was kind of weird because, you know, Shelly and I and Dan and uh, Beth Johnson were all sitting there with this cup, and now it's been offered to the ground. You know, they dig a little hole, pour some in there, and then you all take of it. And so we're kind of, what do we do here? Because this is the first time I've ever, you know, don't take things offered to idols. <laughs> I've never had to deal with that here in America. And, uh, you know, we ended up being polite and going through, and it was just different. And I know that Darwin, and by bringing the groups, Andy and Darwin, as they brought the groups in there, Delmia started having a change of mind, and she's starting to seek after Christ. And so it's been awesome to see even her life uh, changing as these groups come in there. And now when we went there this last time, there wasn't any of that. I was surprised because that was a big deal, and there was no sacrifice to Mother Earth or anything like that. So even in that lady's life, it's been awesome to see. Um, it's neat to go there and see that culture, and the culture is so deep. I mean, it's, it's, it's a fun thing to be a part of and get a watch. And that young lady that you saw that she had the uh, strings coming towards her, she's building, or uh, I don't know what would be constructing, I don't know the word. What is it, ladies? Like when you, weaving, that's the word. Thank you. When she's weaving there, we got to talk with her. Uh, Annie started talking with her and found out she's from a community by the Rainbow Mountains and uh, found out, she, she asked us, are you guys Christians? And she's like, oh, I'm a Christian too. And that was just even a neat little thing that we got to talk with her about, and, uh, it, which is a rare thing there, even to find somebody that's a part of a village up in the mountains like that that is a believer. <coughs> they believe in a lot of old things. You guys saw that lake that was behind uh, the scene there where we were dealing with the kids. They believe that mermaids are still in there, and, and they, they kill the men. So the, they don't fish. They don't really go close to the edge. Um, there's another lake that has the female ones in it, and that's, or sorry, the male ones in it, and that's where the women have to watch out because they'll kill them. And then there's this, this, where the water all sources from, that's where they go and make babies at that, and so they go and offer all these things to them. It's crazy. I thought, you know, they don't really believe in this, but they do. Uh, they, it's very deep-rooted. Um, they, they believe in these little short things, these like little dark figures, kind of like a leprechaun type thing that run around in their neighborhoods and everything and steal things while they're not looking, and... I mean, just crazy stuff, very demonic. And so it's, it's neat to find somebody that's into Christianity that was there. And uh, being able to be in that community, it's a huge deal what Annie and Darren have been able to uh, go towards. And now even the people of that community are asking Annie and Darren, when are you going to start teaching us as adults? Uh, they've been there for a couple of years now, uh, teaching the children, and now the adults are wanting it, which is massive. It's a huge deal. They used to have another church in there before Annie and Darwin got in there, and they kind of took some stuff, took advantage of the people, and they did not want any other Christian organization or church in there anymore. Uh, through these years, God's given them a favor. They've seen the things that have gone on, and now the elders of the community are coming in and sitting and 
And uh, it's just, it's an awesome thing God's doing. And so be praying for that as you guys think about it. Uh, Darwin needs to raise up some leaders, and he's hoping to send somebody there to pastor a church there in Chincheros, which would be unbelievable. Awesome work of God. <coughs> and, uh, yeah, so our trip down, um, I told you how long it was when we got there. I, I don't think I mentioned this, that when you get to Cusco, it's 11,000 feet there in Cusco. Um, and then we, uh, Chincheros is 13,000 feet, where we went and played with the kids. So after all this trip, we get in there, and we have maybe an hour to sleep in our hotels. I mean, even if we did. Um, and then we went right up to start playing with the kids. And the Lord thought it would be awesome to take me out of the picture. So I got altitude sickness when I was up there. I mean, I went quick. I didn't know it happened that quick. As I'm coming down off the mountain, Annie's driving me back, and I, can't, I don't really know where I'm at. I think I'm in the States. I'm trying to figure out what's going on. It was only just for a little bit, so it was all good. Um, I'm glad that Debbie said something, so I came off. But it was just cool to see these guys keep going, keep using the strength of the Lord and being able to touch these kids' lives and play with them. And, and, and what we went to do is just to provide uh, relief for Annie and Darwin and uh, Darwin's sister, Ruth. And they loved it. It was so cool to see that they could step back, and they were talking with me when I was still kind of there. Um, just how nice it was that they weren't even, they couldn't believe it. They were like, they're speaking everything in Spanish. Like, they don't need us in there to, to interpret it. And it was, it was such a blessing for them. I'm so happy we were able to do that uh, for them. I'm hoping that you guys, I hope to do this every other year. So next year, no, year after that. It'd be awesome to see you guys if you wanted to join us. Uh, it's a great trip down there. Not really on the plains, but <laughs> it's a good time once you get there. <laughs> but, you know, it always happens. It's just the Lord, he prepares us. Uh, he works through uh, different things. He Sometimes, he, you know, we need to be humbled before we can even show up to start serving him. And uh, that's kind of what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. And, and just from our experiences, and it just seemed like a, there's a theme on the trip of just bringing us to this place where we knew we couldn't do it, and we had to cry out to God, like, you're the one that's going to be able to do this. You're the one that already sent us down here. You're the one that all prepped all this. You knew that we were going to have all these problems with a plane and not sleeping and all this other stuff, and now you're going to do the work. And so to you be the glory, and we get to see this happen time and time again in the scriptures, don't we? just where he takes people out of their element, out of their place where they could have pride, and he sets them in a place of, okay, we have to act on grace. It's only going to be by God's grace that this is going to be fulfilled. So you guys will turn with me over to 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. By the way, the cooey is not that bad. Yeah, I got a bad one one year. I, didn't really, I don't really care for it, but... The team, they were like, yeah, it's greasy chicken. It's all good, right? I've never had squirrels, so I don't know if it's like that, but. All in the presentation, right? Hey, they had little peppers they put in their mouths. It was, what? It looked pretty. It was different colors. <laughs> it was good. Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7. You guys know this scripture. I'm sure a lot of you guys have been encouraged out of this scripture or even turned away from this scripture because it's a hard one to handle. Uh, but we know that. Paul, what's going on here is he's encouraging the church in Corinth. Uh, he's talking about these visions he had, uh, and he doesn't know if he was there in person or if it was just something that God revealed to him and him going up to paradise and getting to see and hear things that man can't even utter on the earth. Uh, pretty awesome things, but he talks about, you know, that's 14 years ago, and so what God did with me is he, I needed to have this thorn in the flesh to keep me humble. 
And it's an interesting part of Scripture because there's a lot of people that will teach that God never ever wants anything to go wrong with us. There's never going to be suffering with us. You know, we're princes and princesses of the Almighty, and we shouldn't live that way. And you just got to, by faith, own everything that he's already delivered to you. And it's unfortunate it's got miscued because, yeah, absolutely spiritual things. You better believe it. We have a wealth. You know, he's blessed us with that. But it's not talking about material. It's not talking about what we need to go through in this body. There's things he's going to use in this life to either correct us or to grow stronger, even to reveal himself in a way that we would have never known if we hadn't had that or hadn't gone through that, right? And so it's a great part of Scripture. It's very encouraging if you look at it the right perspective. So as Paul's going through it, he's describing, you know, I needed this in my life because otherwise I would exalt myself beyond measure because of my experience that I had with the Lord. And so in verse 7 it says, And and lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in my flesh, or in the flesh, was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me. Lest I be exalted above measure, concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I would rather boast in my infirmities that the power of of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecutions and distresses. For Christ's sake, for when I am weak, then I am strong. And Lord, just as we come to you this morning and we go through your scriptures in this short little part that you were teaching Paul a lesson, Lord, I thank you so much that we get to have this experience with you too, that you reveal yourself in this way that it is a joy to have the power of Christ on us, Lord, that it's not through our power. And Lord, I ask that you would just touch our hearts this morning, Lord. If there's correction that needs to be brought, that you would bring it, Lord. You just encourage us as what we get to do to follow you and our experience with you, Lord. And uh, whatever weaknesses and, pe- and thorns people are having to go through right now, Lord, now, Lord, I pray that they would have the perspective that you want them to have, that your grace is sufficient. And uh, Lord, I just pray for this teaching this morning that you just teach us. And we just pray these things in your name. Amen. So we look at that thorn. And there's a lot of people that will define it in different ways. There's some scholars that will say, well, that thorn, because it was a messenger of Satan, had to be a person. Okay, so this person was like going after Paul. I just look at the, you guys ever seen any of those videos where like there's a magpie or a crow that's kind of hopping after the cat? Is the cat's kind of meowing back at it as it walks away? I was thinking about that with somebody messing with him. But some people define it as a person that was messing with him and he's asking him to go away. Then there's the other thought that it's uh, uh, it's some ailment, it's a, it's a health issue that he has in his life. And so it's something physical that he's having to deal with. And they say because it's got, you know, it's in the flesh and uh, just how it's acting. And he says it rather than they, just some words that he ends up using there. We don't know. Um, it doesn't define it in there for us. It doesn't say here's what the problem was with him. And I think it's very clever. I mean, God always does that with us because he knows us as humans. If we saw that it was just a physical thing, that's all we would ever apply this verse to. We would say that doesn't, doesn't count for people. You know? But instead, he doesn't do that. And instead, what he kind of shows the thorn to be is in verse 10, doesn't he? He explains all these things could be the thorn. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities and reproaches and needs and persecution and distress for Christ's sake. Or like the, the SV, it kind of goes a little bit more. It talks about physical weakness, insults, hardships, persecution, and calamities. And just looking at these things that these are different thorns that we could have, these things that we have to go through. And I think every one of us either can say we're going through that right now or we have been through that. I mean, in a physical weakness, right, something happens. We just now... The, the doctor went and told us, here's what's wrong. Here's the problem that you have. All that pain you've been feeling, well, here's what it is. And it's just a big blow, isn't it? 
a lot of times it's like, wow, how am I going to deal with this now? How am I going to move on from this experience? And how do I give God glory? I mean, there's a lot of questions that comes up. God, you know I had in my life, I had all these things planned out, and this is what you've given me? You know what I've done for you, you know where I've been with you, and, and you give me these things? Why would you do that? You're a loving God. All these questions that will start flooding in from those different things. Or maybe we're just we're getting to the, where the, the tent is getting worn out. We beat it to death with whatever work we've done our whole lives, and now it hurts like crazy, and we have all these other problems, and now it's like, well, I can't be used by God anymore because the body doesn't want to do what he's calling me to, right? And we look at that, and we're like, okay, I'm disqualified now. And that's not true. That's not true at all. The other one is we have insults that come to us. And now this can be either through persecution, which is without the church, outside of the church, where people are coming in and saying, you're foolish, you're stupid for what you believe in. Those things that you are into, it's ridiculous. Like what, I mean, and not only is it ridiculous, but you guys are really weird. I mean, you guys just took some bread and some grape juice and said that was Jesus. Like, what are you guys thinking about? You know, all these things that are so foreign to the world that they attribute to us as just being weird and believing these old desert people's theology, right? And bringing us down in that way and just continually just going through that. No, you, some of you guys go through that work. I mean, even as you guys have different morals than people at work, you know, and they challenge you on that because the thing is, light's being brought into the darkness, isn't it? The other one is, too, is not just persecution from without, but also those insults that come from within, you know, those things that can happen in your personal family or can happen within the church. Those things that can just hurt us. And we can either just sit there and, and just absorb all of it and, and take it in and, and be hurt from it and now have a translation. And every time that person does something, this is how I'm going to interpret it, right? Like, okay, they didn't shake my hand. We didn't know that they didn't have a cold. I mean, that they had a cold and they didn't want to shake anybody's hand. But we interpret that as they don't want to shake my hand because they got something against me because we've already filtered it through this other thought process because of these insults that we figured that they had, right? These different things that keep coming in, and now it's a torture to come to church because there's going to be that person there that hurt me once. And now it ends up going that way. Then you have the hardships that can be financial. All of a sudden, something happened. My car broke down. I have no other car. I just threw all the money I had in this car, and now I can't do anything. Like, how is my family going to get around? How am I going to do this? I guess we're going to go get a bike, because at least those don't break down, right? <laughs> Well, maybe even your bike does. I don't know. I'm sorry if it does. You got it rough. <laughs> but you have other things like you have deaths, you know, those questions of why did you take them from me so soon, right? A very hard thing to face, very hard thing. Or, or why did you let them suffer so long before you took them? All these things that you, you question and you're wondering what's going on with them and what he's doing. And then you have marriages. You're wondering why, God, why is my marriage so rough right now? Why do I have so many problems right now? I mean, you promised me that this was the way to go, that this is how I'm supposed to do it, yet I'm having such a hard time even loving this person anymore. Like, what's going on? This is, this is my thorn. Take it from me, Lord. Make everything right again. And you have, like, different disasters and, and things like that. You just lose everything all at once. Or you end up having to just pack up and leave and leave everything behind. Just hard things that we have to go through in life, Right? So how does that go with this scripture where Paul is trying to encourage us and he's also talking and he, he's encouraging the people in Corinth about what to do through this? And I find it very interesting that in the scriptures, God would use even pain to bring us to a place of humility. And that place of humility being before him, knowing that it's through his grace that it's going to be sufficient, right? And that's when Paul, when he goes through this, now he goes through and I think it's a great example for us that he does pray. 
right? It's not saying don't go to God about your problems. That's not what he's saying. He went to him three different times, didn't he? It's a good thing to go to the Lord. He does care about us. He does care about the things that we're going through. But in the scriptures, when we look at it, it's like, okay, well, I went to you and I asked you about it, but then you gave me this answer that doesn't make any sense to me because I thought that you didn't want me to have to go through this pain in my life. And God says to Paul, and he says the same thing to us, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. You guys know that we didn't have to go through these things, that we didn't have these hardships in our lives. We wouldn't be brought to that place of weakness, would we? I mean, some of these things that I mentioned, these are some of the weakest places we were at. How people treat us, that'll bring us to a place where it's like, okay, it's on. <laughs> I'm going back to my flesh. Or somebody passes away, it'll bring us to a place of depression and, and completely, well, I want to isolate myself. I don't want to deal with it. I don't want to talk to people when they keep asking me what happened. Or maybe it's a disease that you got. You know, I, I'm sick of it. Just like, leave me alone about this. I want to retreat to nothing. I want to go back to how it was, okay, because it was good then. And he's saying that in that weakness, we would not know his strength. I mean, that scripture, one time when I was going through a rough time in the life, and I, was, I had so many questions for God why he was doing it, he revealed that, Curtis, I want you to know me better. The God of the universe will take us through some things so that we can get to know his character better. You guys realize that? Like, that's why Paul, he didn't answer and didn't take that thorn from his flesh because he says that in his weakness, that's when he gets to see his strength. And so that's why Paul says, at the last part of that, in verse 9, he says, I'd rather boast my infirmities. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to boast in those things that the power of Christ might rest upon me. Like, that's a good trade-off. So when we have these options, when we have these different thorns in our lives, we have an option to go and talk about the woes, the horrible things that are going on in our life, right? And sometimes it feels really good because we'll go before other people and say, here's what's going to happen. Here's, here's the horrible things that have happened in my life. And what does that person usually do? Right? They're there. They're compassionate with you. Sometimes they'll even weep with you as you go through that process, which that's a good thing. That's what we need as brothers and sisters. We do cry together, but here's where it gets different. If it's every time we come together, that's the same story. Every time I want to talk about my own, every time I want to talk about what's going on, every time I want to talk about my loss, and I can't move on past it because the reason for it is I love hearing from other people how rotten it is and how unjust it is or or wow, that, you shouldn't have to have that happen because that feels good, doesn't it? What that's doing, that's exalting myself. That's putting me in a place. And this is hard words to hear because when we're going through a hard time, we don't want to hear that, hey, also on top of everything you're going through, you might be a little off with where you're at with Jesus Christ. It's just like, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm in this spot because he put me there and we're not going to talk about where I am with him. You have to stop and say, what does Jesus want you to do through this time? How does he want to take you through this time? Is his grace sufficient for you? Is it? We talk about it, but is his grace sufficient? And this whole perspective can change to where the next thing you know, you're in a jail cell with your buddy after you just got beat up really bad unjustly, and now you're singing praises to God. You guys know that story about Paul and Silas, right? They're in the prison cell. They get beat up. It wasn't their fault. They were just preaching the gospel, and now they're sitting in this dark cell. We know it's dark because you get the lights, couldn't see anybody in there later on the, the, the guard. What ends up happening that they start singing? Awesome story. Earthquake happens, right? I find it so interesting. That's a neat story to have all that, but I always look at those other prisoners that were in there with them. Okay, if, if that happened out here in Florence and there was an earthquake, 
and the jail cells opened up, you better believe there's a lot of guys thinking, Lord, like he just set them free. They're out of there, right? They're not going to stick around. There's no place in that scripture that says, hey, Paul and Silas convinced these guys to stay in the prison cell. It doesn't say anything like that. And I always wonder why these guys stay there. And I think the reason is because they knew what was outside of those prison cells. They knew what they were going to go back to. They knew the world that they were going to go back into. But right in front of them, they were seeing something they'd never seen before. Here's these guys in a horrible spot, in a horrible place in their life, a very unjust place in their life, and yet they're giving glory to God. I guarantee you, if I got beat up and I went and was thrown into jail, every guy would know my, my story in there, my woes of how it was not right, right? I mean, everybody likes to talk about their history and stuff like that, like these bad things that have happened because you get people to jump on board and be like, it's okay, and they kind of like pet your flesh. It's all right. You'll be all right. Well, we need to go to Jesus Christ because he's the one that makes the grace efficient. So with Paul and Silas, with those other prisoners, they'd never seen this before, and they stayed in their cells. What prisoners do that? It's because it was so different to them. And then we know the jailer comes down there. The jailer sees, and he's about to kill himself. And they say, wait, we're all here. And he gives his life to the Lord, doesn't he? And his whole family comes to Jesus Christ. Because of the testimony, because of how Paul, in that instance, dealt with the thorn in his flesh. That was another instance of that. So how we deal with that thorn in our flesh and what we're going to be doing in our lives can dictate even what happens in our influence in other people's lives, right? With us going down to Peru, I mean, it would be very easy. There are some people that maybe, and I've been on mission trips Wow, that especially these ones where you go like with a junior high group, okay, they're crazy anyways. But you have the leaders, and I used to take groups into Mexico, and when the, these groups would come down there, I dreaded the leaders. I love the kids. I knew the kids were going to be a blast, and we could get through things together, but those leaders were going to be a chore because usually they'd come down, and it was like a vacationary. They're like there to have a vacation and also to serve a little bit while they're there, Right? They were the hardest people because when something went wrong, the whole, okay, it's on. The whole group's dead. I mean, a great example of that, this is a horrible example, but I'll just show it anyways. <laughs> Junior hires are fun. I, I love it. You guys know I'm the youth pastor here. I love playing. It just, we have a blast together. This junior high group comes down. This, this group was like the leader's sanitary, right? They loved everything clean. I mean, it was like every time the kids touched a piece of wood, they were like, oh, get that thing out of there and clean your hands up. Okay, now we can eat. You know, it was like the whole time, I don't know how many gallons of that, that stuff we went through. Holy cow. I mean, everybody smelled like it. It was all over the place. So we're going to church in the morning. These people didn't want to use the outhouse that was at the job site. They got one of those little buckets with the seat on it and then the bag, trash bag. Horrible. I told them, bad idea. We'd strap it to the back of the bus and we'd throw it in the trash can the next morning. <laughs> I know you guys are already tracking with me, right? Two junior high boys go to the back of the bus. They go to pull that bag out of that bucket, and it's hot already, and it goes bloop <laughs> all over them. <laughs> but here's the best part. Okay, here's the difference. These boys come back up. I'm the bus driver. I got the door open. They come back up, and they're laughing. You wouldn't believe what happened to us. <laughs> I was like, and all I could hear in the back of the bus, too, is you do is, oh, all the kids. The adults are freaking I mean, they're like, it's the end of the world. These kids are going to have the worst diseases ever. It's on, right? I'm like, I feel bad for these kids because they're about to get scrubbed like they've never been scrubbed before. <laughs> so just the difference there in the perspective, it was just so funny. And the things that we've been on the mission trips and the way that we could take things that come to us, right? Here's these junior hires laughing their heads off what just happened, and I'd be puking. 
And then the adults are just like, oh my gosh, what do we do? How do we get past this crisis, right? We have that in life. We have that option where we can come across things, and God's going to put things like that in our lives. Hopefully not exactly like that, okay? (laughs) But things come up, and we have a chance that we can either deal with it and let God shine. We can have this grace that he says is sufficient. We can believe that, and we can walk through that with him. I'm so thankful that the group chose to do that because that whole mission trip that we had impacted all of Cusco. Because that conference we ended up getting to have, there's those 30 pastors that came, and then they took that information and went and taught their churches. And it was a big deal there. While we were there in June is the big celebration month for their, their town and for their country, especially for Cusco. And what ended up happening is there's tons of these saints that they're carrying around and, and showing and have bands that are following after them. And I thought we were going to have problems that Friday night. I was going to teach against Catholicism. I thought, man, this, it's going to be on because the enemy knows what we're doing. And if the first part of the trip was that hard to get here, like what's going to happen this night? And we just prayed and prayed. And God did awesome works. I mean, there's people there that had, every person in that church had a, a family member that was very much into Catholicism. And down there, it's a very serious thing. Darwin's been threatened three times that he would be killed and his family would be killed by people that, because their family members started going to his church. And they were very Catholic and said, no, you're not going to do that. You're not going to take my family. I told Darwin, if I meet that guy down there, because there's one of them going to threaten my uh, uh, nieces. I don't know if you guys knew that Darwin and Annie were related to them. Um, but I didn't, we went down there, and I, I actually, this guy, we met up with him. He's going to church now. One of the guys that threatened his family, and I, I told Darwin once, I was like, wouldn't that be cool if God put that guy in your church? And he's like, not right now. <laughs> but I said, man, because the last time the guys threatened my nieces, I was like, I'm going to kill that guy for you, okay? It won't, you won't even have to have the blood on your hands. We're going to go straight up David here, okay? <laughs> I'm going to go in there and take this guy out. And then uh, we ended up crossing paths on the street. And, of course, I didn't know who it was. And Darwin says, that's the guy. And I was like, you want me to go back and get him? He's like, no, no, he's coming. It's all good. <laughs> Mess with my family. So, but just a good time um, getting to see and the impact because of the decisions that were made. And I just want to encourage you guys this morning um, that with those situations, with those things that you have to face in your lives, that you guys would look, I have two options. I can sit and dwell on this all the time. Yes, I need to mourn for a time on some of those things, absolutely. You know, I need brothers and sisters that are coming alongside me and crying with me through it um, and being joyful through those times. But there's a time where, okay, now I need to trust in him. I need to go on and let's move on and see what he has for me. And God's gonna do awesome, powerful things in your guys' lives. Last service I shared, I'll just end with this, but my mom getting to be such a great example in my own life with her outlook and her perspective and knowing that God's strength had to be on her to deal with certain things. And so my brother passed away when he was five years old. Two weeks later, my mom's in the same exact room that he passed away in to minister to another lady that was losing her child. Now, how do you do that kind of thing, right? It's, be, it's the only thing you can do is that you are in a weak spot. You just lost your child, but God wants to use you to go encourage somebody else. Just like 1 Corinthians says, we get to have compassion on other people because God has had compassion on us. He takes us through some things so that we get to know that situation so we can encourage other people. And do not think that you guys have been disqualified because you have a thorn in the flesh or there's a weakness in your life. God is not disqualifying from his work. He's not disqualifying. He's enabling you. Now you get to have a compassion. You get to have the power of God over you that you, you want to be described. And I'm very proud of a couple people that were on our trip because there were health issues and there was things that they were going to have to face going to a foreign country. 
And yet they still went, and even God's calling them, and they went to do it in their weakness to see God work through them powerfully. And what an awesome testimony was to the people that were down there. And I hope you guys get to be a part of this. This is not something that just happens on mission trips. This is something God calls us to every day. And so encourage each other in that. As you hear somebody that's been over and over again like a broken record just talking about their woes and their hurts, challenge them on that. What is God doing now? Has he brought somebody in your life that you can minister to that's going through that same problem? You know, look, is there somebody else I can have compassion on? I'm going to invite Ava and Debbie up. They're going to go and come up and sing a Spanish song that they got to sing down there. It was an awesome song. It's exactly about this kind of thing. Um, I really appreciate that they were able to go down there and do that, and they're a huge blessing to the church down there. Uh, the, the band down there feels that they have to have a big production to have the spirit move and, and to be able to have a great time of, of singing, and it was awesome for them to see. Here comes Debbie and Ava, which do not speak Spanish, and here they are singing in Spanish, and the congregation is just, I wish you guys could have been there. So it was such a great time of praise and worship, and I know the same thing God does here. So if you guys would stand with us, there's going to be English uh, uh, subtitles, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I'll let you go ahead, Debbie. Go ahead and take over. Um, yeah, Ava and I worked on five songs that we did. Um, and they're songs that we do here. We just sing them in Spanish. But um, for today, this just is so appropriate for um, Curtis's message. And this is Cornerstone. We've sung it here before. We're going to invite you to sing it in Spanish or English, whichever you prefer. Or uh, listen if you want. But the chorus is part of the point that um, I think is very fitting for this morning. It's Christ alone, cornerstone, weak made strong in the Savior's love. Through the storm, he is Lord, Lord of all. Mm -hmm. 